This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by my good friend Dan Gillette. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. All right, welcome back, Beholders, to another week on this humble little abode of a podcast. This is Sean and Dan, as always, and this week we're really excited because for the first time, we have a special guest, and many of you know him, and I'll give you a little hint here. He is probably most well-known amongst the VBC community for his ability to hit things really good. And actually, over the last uh, number of years, he's actually been professionally teaching other people, including children, how to hit things. So with that said, I give you the one and only Mr. David Grant. Woo! Yeah! David Grant! Thank you. In the house. Good how to you, be here. How you feeling, buddy? Pretty good. Dude, it's good to see you. I got to tell you, it has been so fun to, to play um, with you the last couple of weeks. For those of you that have been uh, watching our, our live stream or hanging out with us in the parking lot the last couple of weeks. Uh, David Grant has been back on the drums, making some beautiful noise uh, with us. And it's been so fun because we haven't played with like a full band, you know, ever since COVID broke out. And so to just get back together, to get the band back together has been so good. And, you know, uh, if you haven't heard after the service every week, there's a show uh, because, uh, Christian Grant, uh, David's, uh, firstborn son comes, comes in and he starts hitting things as well. And he is quite good at hitting things. He's got incredible rhythm. He's got incredible technique and he is so driven. And like, I mean, you, he would play for hours if you just let, if you didn't, if, if, if we weren't like taking the things down and, and trying to clean up, he would just, just rail on those things forever. So how, how old is Christian now? Christian, uh, in a couple of weeks, he will be two and a half. And he's already better at drums than you. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> close. Yeah, yeah. He's getting there. He's, he, he's on a better trajectory. There we I go. didn't start till I was 13. Yeah. When he's 13, he's going to be just insane. And you're not going to have to, uh, you're not going to have to convince him. I don't think to practice. You know, the funny thing is uh, we actually got him his own electric drum set, like a good one. Nice. Because it was so obvious when he'd play on my electric drum set, he's just so passionate about it. There was no fear of, oh, well, if we buy him that, is he going to stop playing it? You know, like it kids often do. It won't be a good do. investment or whatever, right? He's going to be playing that. We have to limit how much time he plays. Otherwise, he gets blisters on his fingers. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's amazing. So... um yeah, he he's just all about it. That and basketball are nice. the two things that he just loves and he's isn't it, so good at. It's in the blood because those are two things you love. And isn't it just so fun because uh, I've got three kids now um, and it's just kind of cool to see which ones of them, you know, take to the things that you really like and then which which ones of them have their own interests and things like that. So, But but it makes it really fun as a dad and, and also when you can share that. David, I just want to say, I think we're in the same club, right? You're in the club with me? You're also in the bun in the oven club. That is correct. How, how All right, give us a lowdown. Yeah, what's the deal? Well, uh, Team Grant is ahead of you, though. It's true. Our, our due date is maybe what two or three months before yours. You're so. in January, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. And you guys are waiting to find out, or you? you we don't be know. A surprise. Uh, we're suspicious that it's a boy because nice. um, a couple of reasons. One, uh, they're measuring. You know, on the bigger side. Yeah. And Daniela kind of feels similar to how she did last totally. time. But the main reason that we think it's probably a boy is because Daniela's grandmother is convinced that it's a boy. <sighs> She's 90. She's an old Italian woman, the spunkiest <laughs> woman you've ever met in your life. That's amazing. And she really wants a girl. And as much as she wants a girl, she is convinced that it's a boy. She's got a premonition. And she's... Yeah. She, oh, just looking at you, I'm so worried. It looks like it's a boy. And so, yeah. Uh, that's amazing. I love it. Well, congratulations. And uh, things are going good for, for the Grant family. I mean, any any major updates or things you guys have been going through during, you know, this COVID era? How are you guys holding up? Yeah, we're doing well. Um, I'm actually right now in the middle of a kind of a, tra- a career change. Um 
mainly due to COVID and how it's affected my business um, and not really being able to open for business. So, um, but that's something that I'm excited about though. I think it'll be fun. I'm looking into getting into stuff with uh, building databases and things like that, which I've done for my business, um, which is actually one of my favorite parts of running business the last several years has been building all the tools that help you like, on, yeah, 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 that's and cool. It's, it's basically problem solving and I love problem solving. And so it's something that I think will be exciting. Um, but obviously anytime you have a big change like that, there's a lot of uncertainty, but the one thing that we know is absolutely certain is that our God is in control of everything. COVID and anything that ever happens uh, mm. might be a surprise to us, but it's not a surprise to him. Amen. And so yeah. we can, like, it's been so cool going through this just to see how how God has blessed us so much and how, like, we really, like, it's not just that we read those words when Jesus says not to worry. It's that, like, he's with us through everything, and we truly don't have to worry. Like, we actually should consider that to be true, that we don't have to worry. Um, sometimes it's easier said than done, but, um, you know, I can just look at so many things in my life where you see so clearly that you look back and you're like, oh, look how God worked through that. That's not how I wanted it to be at the <laughs> right, time, but right. I'm so glad it happened that way. And, um, you know, I think that's why so many times in the Old Testament, it'll say like, remember, um, and it's like, we are a forgetful people, uh, but it's so helpful to remember what God has done in the past. Um, in my own life, uh, in scripture, um, mm. and just to see how he's been faithful. So it just makes it uh, so much easier to go through things when you have that hope, knowing who he is and that he He is who he says he is. He is faithful uh, to to be able to tell us uh, not to worry. Not to worry, yeah. And it's not mm. just... It's not just kind of this nice saying or or just some kind of platitude. It's like, no, these these are actually things we can we can live out. You know, we can take Jesus at His word and actually uh, obey and and walk in that victory. So, man, thanks for for sharing about your family, and we'll be praying for Daniela and um, and for Christian as as you know this new this new baby comes in, and um, just pray that it's a it's a it's a blessing, you know, um, to to the whole household. So wonderful, good to have you, bud. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I just want to echo that. And and I really appreciate you bringing that up, David, just the importance of remembering, of, you know, pondering God's God's work and meditating on his deeds. And that's really a part of what we hope to do on this podcast, uh, even today. So I'm excited to, with you, David and Dan, just remember our Lord's faithfulness uh, together, including yeah. his charges for us, which we're going to get to in a second. Before we start off uh, with the topic today, we just want to give a quick shout out to all you vet- veterans out there. You know, we're, we're taping this on November 11th, which is Veterans Day. And so any of you listening, uh, if you didn't know, in America, November 11th this year is Veterans Day, which is the day that we celebrate people who have served in the military. And uh, just really quick, I say that because I just checked our SoundCloud insights and we have one listen from the Russian Federation. We have a wow. listen from Belgium. We have a listen from Spain. And that's about it. But if you're one of those three listens out there outside of the U.S., now you know what's going on. Um, and so, again, shout out to all you veterans. We're so grateful for your service. And you allow us, through all of your efforts over the years, to be able to do a podcast like this uh, in this great nation. So thank you. We love all of you veterans out there. Yeah, isn't that cool? That I mean, we we have freedom of speech. I mean, that, and that's one of the things that our, our veterans uh, protect in America. And not a lot of countries throughout the world uh, have the freedom that we have. Uh, curious, did anybody from from y'all's family serve uh, at all? Any military folks in your on your sides? My uncle joined the National Guard um, back in the day so that he wouldn't get drafted. Oh, nice! <laughs> so hey, that that's works. Uh, that's about the closest thing. Uh, okay, we'll what about you, Sean? One. Both my grandparents were in the military. Okay, me too. And great grandparents, yeah. actually. So then, oh, wow. and then I guess my dad started the that legacy of no thanks. So he he broke the cycle. <laughs> okay, right. I, I have thought though while we're on that topic though, I have thought so many times 
about how incredibly blessed we are. Yeah. Not just to live in this country, which is amazing, mm-hmm. but even just to live in this time. You think about like the standard of living that we have, the fact that we have toilets. <laughs> yes, how thank much, you, God. How much that changes your life. life. Yeah. And, you know, and then on top of that, to have the freedoms that we have to be able to come together and worship. Yeah. That we are not persecuted in ways that the church around the world, even today, yes. is persecuted. Um, it's such an incredible blessing. It's one that is really easy to take for granted because this is all we've ever known um, for most of us uh, that we've grown up here. But that's something we really should be so thankful for and that's why it's important, I think, on you know Veterans Day to recognize that yeah. this freedom wasn't free, and uh, God has blessed us to be here, and He used people yeah. uh, to be able to allow us to to have this. So that's awesome, dude. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've said this a lot during 2020, but it's so interesting because you know mo- us, really, our generation. We're the first generation in a long time in America that hasn't had this huge war happen. And, you know, we've never had to live with the fear of being drafted. That's not been a part of our reality. But for so many others that are older than us, that was a part of their life. And I think that's a big part of why COVID has felt so life-changing for a lot of younger people. It's because that's the first time really there is this worldwide thing happening that really affected their lives. So to all you out there who have experienced that before us and you've endured that and gone through it again... Thank you. We are so grateful for you, and we uh, hope that you feel loved and cherished today by whoever you're with as you listen. We we dedicate this episode to you. Is that okay? Can we do that? I mean, sure. Why not? <laughs> There's no rules about that. Oh, uh, boy. Okay. Anyways, so behold, again, uh, you know, thank you, veterans, but now we're getting to Jesus. So if you've been tracking with us on Sunday mornings in our Together series, then you've been hearing all these amazing ways that God has designed his people. Uh, to do relationship, to do community, to do fellowship, all these things. We care for one another. We suffer together. We comfort each other. We serve together, all these things. And uh, this last Sunday, Mr. Charlie Manning himself just he, just continued to, to go down that road of, of how we've been designed. And specifically, he um, talked about and really enlightened some of us, because we haven't thought about this a lot before, about how we weren't just designed to live together, but we were designed to be on mission together. That as we live together, we have a specific goal, a specific mission in mind. And so I'm going to let Mr. David Grant give us a little bit of a recap on what that means. Yeah, um, I was blessed to be able to listen to Charlie's message twice, um, one from being there. uh, And then I also listened to it again last night online. Um, Nice, you get extra points for that. (laughs) Well, part of it was that uh, (laughs) on Sunday uh, while he was speaking, I was tasked with uh, entertaining Christian. Yeah, you were on Christian duty. I, <laughs> hey, believe me, I, I know that drill. <laughs> so I, I figured, you know, I probably would benefit from listening to this again. I'm very thankful I did. It was really encouraging. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, this idea of the fact that we're designed to be on mission together was kind of the the message from, from Sunday. And, um, you know, there are a couple kind of quotes that, that Charlie had that yeah. I, I thought were, well, I, I'm not even talking about the, when he was quoting someone else. I'm just oh, talking like about his, a couple you, of things that you he had said. You quoted him, nice, that, okay. That, um, you know, that God designed the church so that every believer has a part in communicating the gospel to the world. Mm. Uh, and I, I thought, I mean, that, that really kind of echoes a lot of what we've been hearing about, that just all of us, like each one of us is part of the body of Christ if we've put our faith in him, that... It's not that, oh, well, there are some people who serve and then like, well, you know, and then I I come on Sunday and that's the extent of it is that we are each an integral part of the body of Christ. If if you have, if you put your faith in Christ 50 years ago or 50 seconds ago, mm. that he has a place for you in his church, that you are an integral part of that. Um, and in particular... Uh, you have a part in communicating the gospel to the world. Um, and I love this, what Charlie said, that that is your primary function as a human. Yeah, that's good. Um, I just thought that was a kind of an interesting way of, of putting it. But when you think about it, that that's true. Yeah. 
um, that you've been uniquely gifted to serve the mission of Christ Church and and that there's nothing that can stop the gospel from spreading because that is God's plan. Mm. Uh, and one thing I've thought about so many times that's so cool uh, is that God does not need us to spread his gospel. Uh, he could do it on his own far better than we could. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, if that's how he chose to do it. But it's such a cool thing that he chose to allow us to participate in that. And what an amazing thing it is to be able to be part of that. Um, and so, uh, yeah, and then Troy talked a little bit about how just there is this drift in our culture towards secularism, uh, which has the, you know, the goal of stomping out the truth. Um, you know, that there's like the, a boldness and a hatred of the church that is just growing. Uh, but again, nothing can stop our God. And he is committed to us in this mission that he's given us. Yeah. Uh, man, uh, such a good recap. And, and I, I love in that, that there's, there's a, there's a simplicity to it that I think sometimes life can be really complicated and stressful. And a lot of times we don't know what, what's our purpose or what, what am I supposed to be doing with my, with myself? Or, you know, we've got all these different things, all these different irons in the fire with our careers and our families and education and where we're going to live and where we're going to work and what, what's the future hold. And it's, those things are all secondary. And what Charlie was talking about and what you brought up just now is primary is that man, our, our purpose in life is to, is to spread the good news is to, share with people to be ambassadors of, of Christ. And I love what Paul talks about in second Corinthians five, just about God making his appeal to the world through us. And like you said, he could have chosen to do, do it a million different ways, but that's the way he chose to do it. And in knowing that it's, it's very, it's very freeing. And, and I think there's a lot of, uh, in saying that it's simple, it's not always easy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like to your point, just we're in a very hostile climate right now, culturally. And there, there is, there's not this um, promise from God that that's going to go well and easy for us. In fact, the, the, the opposite, right? Jesus said, Hey, they hated me first. And if you're with me, they're going to hate you too. So it's not easy, but I love that it's simple. You kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think like what we had, talked about just a little bit ago here, just about like remembering, I think is also really huge with this um, because you think about um, like the great commission and we, you know, unless you became a believer last week, you've probably heard the great commission many times. Totally. Um, but it's so easy for us just to kind of gloss over it because it's so familiar sounding. Uh, but, you know, I think it, just remembering that that is what we're here for, uh, and to fix our eyes on the things that are truly important, uh, that are eternal, is so uh, so important. And and one thing actually, he Charlie didn't mention this specifically in the context of the the message notes and the particular passages we were going to go through, uh, but I thought it was so encouraging. He was talking about just giving an update on what's happening with Sarah, mm. and um, how. He, he was just reminding himself and just imagining what it'll be like to enter into the kingdom. And yeah. like, that is the kind of focus that we need to have. Um, there's a, a song that I just discovered last week that I just, I love this song. I can't get it out of my oh, head. Oh man, share um, with us. It's a couple years old. So some people might be like, yeah, how did you not hear about that till now? But <laughs> Uh, are you familiar with the song, uh, Is He Worthy by yes. Andrew Peterson? The beautiful mm -hmm. song. So, and not just that, like his version and his music video is amazing. Oh, I for haven't that. seen that. Yeah. You got to watch it. Okay, so cool. okay. you, you, you and Sean, well, pretty much everyone will love it. Okay. Um, but, uh, it's several people do a version of it and they're all really good because it's such a great song. But the, um, one of the verses it says, uh, is all creation groaning? It is. It is. Is a new creation coming? It is. It is. Uh, is the glory of the Lord to be the light within our midst? 
It is. is. And then this line, which I think is so so important, uh, is, is it good that we remind ourselves of this? It, it is. is dude. Oh. Because, um, you know, it's so, so easy to get caught up in so many things in life that you lose sight of, you know what, this life is for a time, but there is eternity on the horizon. And that's what we should be focused on. And like what Charlie was reminding us of, of just imagining entering into the kingdom. Imagine a time where not only is there no COVID, <laughs> there's <laughs> no one will have to wear masks. There's no sickness, no anything. Even death r- itself death is, itself is done. Is, yeah. Like that <sighs> should, we should have our eyes fixed on, on that and working toward building God's kingdom because that is what's going to last forever. And so, mm. yeah, Man. go for well, it. I, I just love that picture. And I love what we just said. Like, it's not, it's not easy, but it's simple. And even just yeah. what we just described, like Charlie doing it on Sunday, sometimes we think about this idea of like mission work and evangelism as so like complex and intimidating when the reality is that it's simple. We need to get out there and do what we just did. To, to revel in the glory of the eternity that's to come for people to see. It's really a simple thing. And so with, with that in mind, um, as you guys are listening to that, because um, I too was so encouraged by Charlie and just his countenance um, throughout that, but as you guys listen to Charlie talk about our mission and, and that one goal that we really need to be working towards, um, what are some just thoughts that jumped out about uh, either what Charlie shared or about your own challenges in doing that or things that you witnessed with other people? Like, what do you guys think? Yeah, I'll, I'll start off. So Char- I love how Charlie kind of broke down those words from Jesus in Matthew 28 that we call the Great Commission. He says there's there's three different things. There's this, this jurisdiction. So so Jesus is, is, is telling them, hey, in case you don't know, because you, you don't remember, I've got all the authority in heaven and on earth. Okay, it's it's all that. That's my jurisdiction. It's everything. And then he says he gives them this command, right? As you go, do all these things. Um, and then he ends with, with a promise. And that's the thing that I've really been clinging to since Sunday. And, and one of the things we talked about in my, in my connect group is just the, the fear and the trepidation and anxiety that goes along with walking in this, this command that Jesus has given us to be his ambassadors, to, um, to go to, as we go into the world, you know, to, to, to share and to baptize and to teach and, um, you know, I was talking with someone in my group who actually two people in my group who their, their workplaces are in the public sphere. And so there's, there's, there's very, um, like rigid (laughs) rules about what they can and cannot say when they're in the workplace. And there is, they're also in very, uh, kind of like what Charlie was saying, kind of very liberal and secular, uh, environments where they're, I mean, they're, they're kind of like behind enemy lines, you know, if you think about it. And so we, we were just talking about just what, what does that look like? If, you know, if I open up my mouth and share my faith, uh, are my coworkers going to turn their backs on me? Are they going to ostracize me? Am I, am I going to all of a sudden be, be canceled? (laughs) And, um, you know, this, these are real fears that, that we all deal with whether it's sharing at the workplace or sharing with our family members or going out and participating in street evangelism or going on short-term missions or um, building relationships with our neighbors, whatever it may be, uh, I think that it's safe to say that we all deal with a certain level of anxiety or fear of rejection. Do you guys agree? Yeah. Yeah. And so just that, that, promise from Jesus is, is he's, he says, I'm going to be with you. And Charlie said it a cool, really cool way. It's like to the end of time as time is known. So whatever, whatever way you can think about time, <laughs> whatever, whatever end you can imagine, Jesus will be with you, with us together until that point. And that just gives me incredible hope. And, and I, I think if we, if we walk in that, um, we can develop a sense of, of trust and know that if, 
if and when we do share about our faith, that Jesus is, is he's got our backs, right? He's going to take care of us. And um, again, there, there, there will be persecution, there will be difficulty, um, but, but we don't have to be afraid because Jesus has overcome all of that. Yeah, that's so good. And yeah, just think about that. Like Jesus is going to be with you, but also he's with you now. And I think that those are, it's, there's like a, there's a relationship between the time we spend with Jesus privately and then how easy or how easily that time comes publicly. That's so true. I think you can't, you can't compartmentalize that. And like we said before, like the simplicity of it should be that when you talk to somebody with the goal of sharing the gospel or sharing transformation in your life, it should come off as just a natural outpouring of what God's done in your life. You know, you should be able to so easily say, man, this, this is the way that Jesus has transformed my life. Here's what he's done, yada, yada. But if you're not doing that privately, then of course, the idea of trying to do that with somebody out in your workplace or, or out on the street or wherever is terrifying and horrifying. And it should be because you're not <laughs> equipped to do it. You're not equipped to speak about the way Jesus has transformed in your, your life if you're not doing that process of resting in and like we said before, remembering and just renewing your mind in, in those things. Um, yeah, David, what do you think about that idea of um, inward versus outward <laughs> evangelism? It's well, kind of like an overflow, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and kind of to the point that you just made, Sean, is um, one one thing that is really helpful with anything. If you're going to give a presentation uh, on how to do X, whatever that might be, yeah. if that's something that you have never done before versus if that's something you've done a million times and you know it in and out, how much easier is it to present something that you're so familiar with and that you're passionate about than something that uh, I just read a couple articles five minutes ago about it, right? And so if we are focusing on how amazing God is in our life on a daily basis, then how much easier is it going to be to share that with somebody else? Um, so, I mean, just from a practical standpoint, that is going to be really helpful. Um, but I, I think probably, and I'll share a little story here. Please, um, yeah. I think one of the most important things is to see things as they really are. Um, and again, this idea of remembering. Um, but uh, so uh, some people may be familiar with the fact that I, I have a passion for sharing God's truth with Mormons as well as with uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. And um, I never, ever thought I would get into that. Mm -hmm. uh, I've never known uh, a Mormon person or a Jehovah's Witness person personally in my life. It's more just people you meet, like random strangers. It's, or yeah, yeah. Um, but God's really given me a passion for them, and, and I'll share kind of how that came about. Um, so years ago, I used to live in Pleasanton. I'm in San Ramon now, but I, I lived very close to the Pleasanton BART station. And so uh, I would ride my bike on the Iron Horse Trail, and to get there, I went through the Pleasanton BART station. And so one day, I was, I was riding through the parking lot, and uh, I, I came across a couple Mormon missionaries. And I knew a little bit about what they believed. I, just, I, I knew enough to know that they have a false gospel. And so I decided, hey, I'm, I'm going to talk to these guys. They're, they were just about to get in their car, and I stopped, and I said, hey, do you guys have a minute to talk? And they were very friendly and, and all that. And I was trying to share with them um, uh, Galatians 1, 8 and 1, 9 about how, uh, you know, if anyone brings you a gospel other than the one that we preach to you, let them be bad accursed. Bad news, yeah. Very bad news. <laughs> and they said to me, oh, but we don't have a, a different gospel. And I said, well, you're holding the Book of Mormon there, and doesn't it say another testament of Jesus Christ? And... Um, they kind of had kind of like a stone cold face on the you said <laughs> then you said boom roasted at the end right <laughs> no, but, but my, my I was trying just to get the point across no, no, them, I know, I'm know. just messing with it <laughs> yeah but uh basically I mean the the conversation ended and I, I just remember um 
one of them in particular just had this this look on his face like I could see into his eyes just the darkness and wow. that he was so lost. And um, so anyway, the conversation ended, got back in my bike, started riding away. And, um, and then all of a sudden, it was like God just showed me just this, this tiny glimpse into um, just the reality of the fact that these people are going to hell. Mm. And, um, you know, I'm not a particularly emotional person at all, <laughs> uh, but I was just riding my bike, just bawling like a baby. Like it, it was, it was a, a, such a, uh, intense experience. It was almost like, like, um, I'd say the best word to describe it was I just experienced like despair. Yeah. on behalf of these people. Just God gave thinking, you a burden. Like yeah. he came to you and gave you this, this like burden for these people. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, um, I just decided, I was like, these people, they need to know the truth. Yeah. And so, um, God gave me this just passion for just absorbing everything I could about what they believe and how to share the truth effectively to them. Uh, in a way that they'll understand and 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 all that, and so I was super excited to 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 go back and find more Mormon missionaries to to talk to, yeah. and I didn't find any of them anymore. I never saw a single one ever since then, um, but I had this desire to share with Mormon people, and I've had a couple opportunities uh, since then to do that. But one thing that was interesting is uh, I started noticing that there were. Pretty frequently, there were Jehovah's Witnesses who were set up there with their carts, with their you know pamphlets and stuff. Yeah, right. and so I was like, "Oh, I should talk to them." And I had one conversation and realized I need to learn <laughs> how to share with them because they they're very well prepared um, to defend what they believe, um, in spite of the fact that there's no truth to it. But um, so then I started. Uh, you know, the same thing with learning how to effectively share the truth with them. And my, my point in sharing that story is uh, just that what motivated me with that was just God showing me that these are people who are created in the image of God. They have value. Mm. They are, um, you know, in the most extreme danger that anyone could possibly be in. And uh, without having that compassion for them, it doesn't matter if you rehearse how to share the gospel with right. someone, that, that's not going to be nearly as effective uh, just to be, quote-unquote, prepared as it is to, to have a heart for people and you got to have the heart of Jesus. Yeah. And I think I think that goes back to what you were saying, Sean. It's it's almost too like it's just it's just like what we've been talking about for weeks that all of this stuff is like is an inside out, you know, endeavor. And so not only do we need to be spending time with Jesus so that we we can understand what his what his words are, what his message is. We want to have the message of Christ, but we want to have the heart of Christ too, which man, if you read through the gospels time and time again, uh, Jesus is recorded as as having compassion on people. He he saw them uh, in their not only in their physical need, but but more importantly in their in their spiritual need, and he was moved towards them. And so, man, just getting alone with Jesus so that we can we can have his message and his heart reinforced in us that is going to have such an impact in uh, in missions. Uh, absolutely. And yeah, like you said, Dan, like when you look through scripture, it's so clear that, that God has prioritized love and compassion above all other commandments for us. And so if this commandment, if this call and this charge isn't rooted in love, then we're totally wasting our time. Like we're not, we're not heeding God's design again for what we're supposed to be doing. Um, yeah. And just, I think it's important for us to remember in all contexts, you know, that, that God's not interested in empty service. He's not interested in, uh, us saying the right phrases or saying our perfect two minute testimony. If we don't have that heart of Jesus, like you said, Dan, um, it kind of reminds me of, 
it, being married as a husband, you know, one of the biggest areas that I need to grow in as a husband to Patty is just being a present, being fully present and like emotionally invested. And in those moments, you know, if, if I say the perfect sentence to Patty, it doesn't mean anything if my heart's not there, you know, if my heart isn't desiring to be present with my wife, then it's totally meaningless, empty gestures. And all to say, like, can God use those moments if you're out there evangelizing? Absolutely, of course. But it's just not not the richness and the fullness that he intends. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that, uh, David. But also, kind of my other takeaway from that was with that foundation of love and compassion and, and just grief for the, for those lost souls, um, yeah, it's, just, it's really inspiring to hear you say, yeah, I talked to these people and I realized I needed to learn. I needed to learn and, and, and find, find out how to communicate truth effectively to these people. And, um, yeah, it's interesting. I, obviously you have, and I don't know if you have Dan, but I've had some conversations with some Mormon friends and Jehovah's witness. And it was really interesting to me how much on surface level things seem compatible. Mm -hmm. You know, they're so good at having it seem like, oh, we believe the same thing. And if you don't spend time to investigate what they actually believe, or on the flip side, if you haven't spent that time to to really remember and understand God's truth for what we believe, then you're not going to be effective in in being able to to point out what those things are. Um, so I really appreciate you, yeah, just sharing that because again, I was I was fascinated by how much on the service level with our Mormon friends, it's like wow, things are a lot more similar than I thought. And then as you start peeling back layers, it's like, whoa, this is this could not be further from the truth of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Islam is closer to Christianity than Mormonism is. Mormonism wow. is the most polytheistic religion that's ever been devised. They're new gods created every single day. Um, but really, the um, as you were speaking, I was just thinking about uh, a couple things. One, th there is a, a language barrier. Um, they they speak the same words, but they mean something different by those words. So it's really easy to get um, confused and to think, well, it sounds like they believe the same thing that we do. But you know, the what's what's good in that case is probably a, a good just general principle with anyone that you're talking to is to ask questions and find out. Well, what do you mean by that? And get to kind of like the root of the the issue. And um, then you'll start to see where the differences are. And the other thing too is, um, you know, the best way to uh, spot a counterfeit is to be intimately familiar with the real thing, right? When, um, you know, probably not as much anymore because they have machines to do this now, but like back in the day when you'd go to a bank and they'd want to make sure that the money you're depositing is correct, you know, is um, legit, um, you know, they don't teach those people, uh, all the different counterfeits out there. They teach them the real thing and what it looks like, what it feels like. Uh, when you hold it up to the light, what should you see? They, they know what a hundred dollar bill is supposed to look like so that when they see a fake one, it's, you can spot it immediately. And that's, you know, the same thing, uh, for us that we should know who our God is. Mm -hmm. Um, we should, you know, be familiar with the Trinity and the truths about the Trinity, not the, you know, the the things that uh, when Jehovah's Witnesses will attack the Trinity, they're almost always attacking something called modalism. We probably don't have enough time to get into all that stuff right now, but we should know who our God is. We should know how we're made right with Him. Yeah. When we know those things and uh, we understand Scripture in context and, and all that stuff. And these things become blatantly obvious. Uh, and so I mean, we should be doing that for our own selves so mm -hmm. that we know. Uh, and we also should be doing that so that we can more effectively share the truth uh, with with others. Yeah, it's like it's going back to the Great Commission. How, how can we teach them to observe all that we that that Christ has commanded us if we don't if we don't know it, right? And and I'll I'll just give a shameless plug because I know David you're you're too good of a guy to to, to do it for yourself. But uh, David taught uh, has has taught multiple classes on these issues that he's talking about how to how to effectively share with um, with these these false you know religions these these cults that that think um, that they are 
with us, but, but, but it's completely a different gospel. Um, and you can find all of those classes, uh, on, on, online. So if you just go to vbc.online and look up classes, David's stuff is on there. I've gone through his class on Mormonism and I went through it with another believer who was actually unsure whether or not Christianity and Mormonism were compatible. And he had met some, some Mormon missionaries and, was was kind of going down this path of I, I think being deceived. And so we sat down and we went through that class together and he basically opened his eye. I mean it was, it was this revelation. He's like, whoa, I cannot I did not realize how um how false, you know, what they were teaching me is. And he was able to come back and and um and have a a, a right biblical view of it. And so fantastic stuff please check it out on our website. Um, that's my shameless plug for David. Um, Hey, I thought it would be great, um, to, to talk about this, this William Carey quote that, that Charlie brought up and maybe it's, it's a way we can kind of wrap up our time is, um, if you were, if you were listening on Sunday, he, he brought this quote from William Carey. It says, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. And I was just, that really struck me and what it, what it kind of led me to, to want to start walking in more is praying for opportunities to have moments with people where I can share one-on-one about share my faith, share the gospel, talk about Christ and, and then really expecting God to, to give me those opportunities to open doors for me to have these little moments with people. Um, so I don't know what, how did that, how did that quote sit with you guys? How did it, how did it affect you? Anything you guys have been thinking about on that? Well, for me, I think that really ties in to that idea of what, uh, Charlie was talking about that, that Jesus has all authority, right? Is therefore go into all the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for us to, um, you know, expect great things from God and to attempt great things from God comes from the fact that Jesus has all authority. He has all the resources. If he calls us to something, he's going to equip us to do it. That's good. Um, That doesn't mean you just recklessly go out and have this idea in your head that you're going to go do something that's like, I don't know, ridiculous and (laughs) and expect him to just bless you no matter what you want to be actually following what he calls you to. Yeah. Uh, and, and what you see, you know, scripturally is, is sound and all that. But if he calls you to something, he's going to give you everything that you need to do that. Um, and so I, I think just his authority uh, is huge when it comes to, you know, that, that quote that, that's only, that can only be true if Jesus has all authority. Yeah, that's good. What about you, Sean? Where does that sit with you? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> this it's kind of paired with this other thing I've been thinking a lot about these last couple of weeks, which is just, um, you know, how we're spending our time. You know, how are we investing time as humans on earth? And, you know, it's kind of related to, Dan, you taught, gave a little mini teaching at one of our outdoor services recently, and your, yours was more focused on the idea of legacy. But kind of paired with that, I just I've been thinking about, man, our time is limited. You know, we just talked about it. I mean, Jesus will be with us until the end of time as we know it. But that means that there's a duration there. There's a duration that we have on this earth with Jesus to, to do his work. And, you know, every single one of us are guilty of it. Of we get preoccupied with other things. You know, we're all so busy. That's one of my big things. I'm just so busy. And some of these things that are God's primary commands and designs for us get put on the back burner. And it's and it's sad. You know, and, you know, one of the books I've been reading recently, which I think, you know, is um, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And it's been fascinating and really just insightful. But one of the quotes from John Ortberg is talking about the great danger for Christians. You know, what what is the great danger for us in this world? And he says, for many of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith or walk away from it. It's that we'll become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of it. We'll just skim through our lives instead of actually living them. Um, and in this context, I think it relates to evangelism and, and sharing his gospel. I think 
I'm guilty of this. I think a lot of us are. We're so busy skimming through our lives that we're settling for a mediocre version of, of what our faith should look like. We're not living life in alignment with what God's plan is in the context of sharing his word and sharing his truth with people. So that's really convicting for me. And so kind of thinking through that, you know, one, one thing I was thinking about on Sunday is, I don't know if you guys have any of these things, um, like tips for conversation starters, uh, but I have one that I use all the time and it's an acronym yeah. and it's called Ford. You may have heard it before. And literally I, every time I ever talk to anybody that I don't know and you just start a conversation, I use the Ford acronym and the F is for family. The O is for occupation. The R is for recreation and the D is for dreams. So, oh, you know, do you have family in the area? What do you do for work? What do you do for fun? What, is, what, what do you got coming up soon? You got any trips coming up? That's the Ford acronym. But lately I've been thinking that I'm going to turn it into instead the Fords or the 4D with an I at the end. Nice. Because so often we have these conversations, you know, this to back it up a little bit, we've been talking a lot about the context of Mormons or Jehovah's Witness or the really big evangelism arenas. But for most of us and most of you listening, the reality is that your, your context is probably more like you have a coworker that you sit next to every day. Um, or you have a mom of your kid's friend who you see at school drop-offs or whatever. And you had kind of have these short windows or opportunities, like Dan said, where you, you have these moments, but for most of them still, you still have these conversations. Oh, what do you do? Like what's important to you? And so I'm going to add the I to my Ford acronym, which is what is most important in your life? Which a, I think is a good question to begin with. But it's such an opportunity. If you ask someone, what's the most important thing in your life or what are important things in your life? And the answer will ask you back. And it's such an opportunity for you to say, you know what? This is a left turn, but Jesus is one of the most important things in my life. Church, serving in ministry with my family is one of the most important things in my life. And that's the idea of that I know is like totally crazy and foreign to a lot of us. But to me, that's an example of attempting a great thing for God is even though it's a little slice of a conversation, it has the potential for great effects for his kingdom in the ways that you see those little opportunities, like, like Dan mentioned. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember when, when Greg Kokel came and did a, a conference at our church a number of years ago and his big book had just come out called tactics. And one of the things that he talks about in that book is a lot of times when we're, when we're sharing the gospel with people, we're not trying to get them to sign on the dotted line. Like, Hey, will you put your faith in Jesus? Like today, right now, you know, um, some, although sometimes that might happen, but he said, most of what we're going to do in terms of evangelism is we're going to be, uh, giving people just a thought or asking them a question or, um, just kind of getting their wheels turning a little bit about the gospel and about our faith and about Jesus and what the Bible has to say about life. And he, he calls it putting a pebble in someone's shoe. You guys remember that. So it's like sometimes all we have time for is just to just to bug them a little bit, you know, and not in a malicious way or a mean way, but just when they're going to bed at night, when they put their head on their pillow or when they have that down moment throughout the day, they can't shake what you said, that one little stupid thing that's in their shoe. <laughs> and every time they take a step, it just kind of is nagging at them. And it's amazing how God will use that. I, might, I even think about some of the people that have come to faith during this year, this COVID era in our community, uh, their stories are like that, where it's like, oh, this person said this thing, and then that person invited me here, and then that person prayed for me, and this person, you know, uh, asked me that question, and it's like all these pebbles kind of add up to this to this moment where they break down and 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 surrender to Christ. So, yeah, I think that taking taking the um, pressure off of ourselves by by saying man we're not we're not all the time trying to 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 reap the harvest sometimes we're just we're just sowing and that's and god god will use that so i think that's that's important as well yeah that's a a big thing i talk about in my classes about witnessing to you know to different uh groups of people uh who have a false gospel uh i i go so far as to say put a stone in their shoe because okay. <laughs> they already believe in something yeah, and you're trying to get them to um, notice something, to notice something <laughs> that like, wait a minute, like if that is true, then what I believe can't be true. Uh, but I, I think, yeah, just that idea of um, just having a, Sean, I, I really like what you had 
and given the the 40 example 40. uh or um like one thing i've heard uh i don't know if you're familiar with Vody bacham um love, I love the him. guy we're a big 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 bacham uh, <laughs> podcast here I, yeah, i've heard bro. him uh talk about how you know he whenever someone asks him how he's doing he'll always say better than i deserve because people quite often will be like well, what do you mean by that yeah well they asked you the question you have the right to to just lay it on them, right? Yeah. Uh, or um, like maybe something that we wouldn't be doing a whole lot right now during COVID, but he's, he said like when he's at a restaurant um, that he'll usually like ask the waiter or the waitress uh, when they bring the food, hey, we're about to be praying for our food right now and thanking the Lord. Uh, is there anything you'd like us to pray for you uh, for? And you know, he said, it doesn't happen all the time, but I've had someone that sat down with us and laid out for us why she was having a, a terrible year, mm. practically breaking down in tears, and we got to pray for her and share things. with. And, you know, just finding ways, I think, to, to try to be intentional. Um, you know, whether you have a certain tactic uh, that you try and go about things with or, or not, just intentionally just, uh, you know, you're going to be meeting with a friend just praying beforehand, God, help me to find opportunities to be able to, to share with this person or to be a blessing to them and, and all this. And, and just, I, I think, thinking ahead of time uh, that this is what my mission is here. I'm not just, you know, going to be talking to somebody. Um, I have it my mission that I want to share the love of Christ with this person um, and you might be surprised at uh, how God opens doors in that. Yeah, it makes me think of two two just quick passages. Um, the first one is First uh, Peter three fifteen. Just uh, Peter says, "Hey, always be ready. Always be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have." And then Ephesians five, where Paul says to um, make the most of every opportunity. So I think, and I think the, both of those things kind of go in line with this this idea of of uh, expecting great things from God and then, and then walking in those things, right. Attempting those things, even if they're scary, even if, uh, there's a certain amount of, of anxiety or trepidation going forward, knowing that, man, we, we only have uh, a little, a limited amount of time and God is going to bring these opportunities for us. So yeah, good stuff guys. And well, also that passage about, you know, always be ready you yeah. know, to share the reason for the hope that you have within you goes on to say, basically, do that, uh, setting apart Christ as Lord. Yeah. Well, if he's Lord and he tells us to go and make disciples, then that's what we need to do. So, of course, we need to be ready, but it's not just, oh, be ready in case someone sometime happens <laughs> to ask you something. Yeah, That's our mission all the time. Yeah, that's really good. It's really good. Um, yeah. So as we kind of end this this week, I have three action steps for you, listeners. The first one, like we talked about, is all of this has to stem from your 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 devotion and your love for our Savior Jesus. It, ha- it just has to. And so, if you're not there, if you don't feel like you have that that deep and natural love for Jesus, ask yourself why. Pray pray to God and ask for His help on why. Um, and, and I'm sure that He will reveal some of those things. You know, maybe if you fall into that category of, I'm just too busy for this. Um, you know, I just have so much going on. Church is just another thing that I, I can't really focus on right now. I'd highly recommend that book I mentioned, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It'll it'll rock your world. And and through that or through your prayer or through your meditation, we hope that you uh, grow in that, that love that you can then share. Second thing, uh, what I encourage you to do is pray for God to, like Dan said, reveal what that opportunity is, reveal that person. I'm convinced that every single one of us without fail has at least one human in our life that is an opportunity that we could share the gospel with. None of us are living under a rock alone. If you were, you wouldn't be listening to this <laughs> podcast through the interwebs. And so pray, pray for God's help. Man, who is someone who I know needs to hear your truth, who I know needs your transformation in their life. Every single one of us, I'm sure, can identify those people. And then be praying for just those little windows. Be praying for those little opportunities 
to put pebbles in their shoes. Again, it doesn't always have to be this, this essay on, on the gospel. It can just be you, like we said, hard, but simply sharing about how Jesus has transformed your life in an authentic and easygoing way. And of course, hopefully that leads to deeper discussions. And of course, we want to get them to the point where they understand these truths. But like Dan said, one pebble at a time and, and we'll get there. <laughs> Love it. And then lastly, um, my third encouragement is something that might be a little bit uncomfortable for some of us, but, and we, we definitely don't like to talk about this on the podcast a lot, but how are you, how are you doing this charge? How are you supporting the, the expansion of God's kingdom globally? You know, how are you supporting global missions partners, missionaries all over the world who are working in, in very tangible ways to do this, whether that means going and serving yourself or financially? You know, we don't make plugs in the podcast for money ever because we just don't like doing that in general. But the reality is that so many of us in the Bay Area have been enabled by God to be able to gift these people who are doing work on the ground all over the world. Um, you know, it reminds me of Philippians 4 when, when Paul is talking about it. He says, even in Thessalonica, you sent, you sent help for my needs. And he says, I'm not seeking that gift, but I seek the fruit from that that increases to your credit. That because of your gift, that fruit is increasing. He goes on to say that he he's well supplied and that 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 gift that that someone gave to him is a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. So as you're kind of praying through these things, maybe just think about that. Man, am, am I at all financially supporting the expansion of God's kingdom, whether it's here or all over the world? And if not, um, then I would encourage you to pray about that. Maybe that's a way that and, you can help. And uh, I'm sure many people have heard this, but again, a good reminder uh, that you know, people have said many times that if you let me see someone's checkbook, I will tell you what matters to them, right? It's true. And if it really is our mission uh, to make disciples uh, across the world, um, then that is something that we should be supporting. Um, I know sometimes people don't like to, to talk about finances and things like that in the are scared to talk about it in the context of, you know, church and all that. But man, uh, if that is what we truly care about, uh, expanding God's kingdom, uh, then that is something we absolutely should, at the very least, consider uh, how we can be contributing to that. I love it. I love it. And and if you haven't been in a while, just go to vbc.online slash missions. And there's just a, a really beautiful page there that tells you um, just to, what's what what is VBC missions all about um, you can read mission journals from short-term trips that we've taken over the years and you can also check out our both our local and our global global mission partners they're listed there with links just to learn about their ministries and, and what they're doing and just even just going through and reading those things and making a prayer schedule and just say hey I'm gonna pray for for uh, you know, I'm going to pray for our mission partners in South Africa, in Germany, in Pakistan, in Romania, or these urban mission projects that we have going, or I'm going to pray for uh, our Awana program or um, our Foster the Bay, you know, ministry that we partner with or whatever. J prayer is such a huge aspect too. And I think God will move in that. And he'll also convict in that and say, and give us a direction on how to, to put some feet to, um, supporting these these partners as well. Yeah, just a quick note on that. You know, I think sometimes we get into the mindset of, oh, like I'm already serving. I don't need to do that, you know? Um, and certainly amongst church people, that's a common thing. You know, I, I'm a pastor on staff. I'm paid to, to do ministry work. And yet still, I, I tie to the church and support people that way. And so I just want to encourage you listening. You know, there's no... God doesn't tie a value to the amount, but it's more so just that act of, 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 of sacrifice. It's that heart desiring to be a, a, a faithful giver and steward of what God's given you in, in the way he's blessed you. So, Oh, and, and yeah, he, he doesn't need our money, um, but he loves a, a cheerful giver. Uh, again, that's a way that he allows us to partner with him in what he's accomplishing in the world. So it, it's, a, it's a privilege to be able to do that. Amen. We hope that you have uh, a lot of homework to do in, in an encouraging way. We hope that there's a lot of takeaways and things that you can chew on and through that grow in your love for Jesus and grow in your desire and your tooling in how equipped you feel 
to be able to share the gospel with those around you. Uh, again, if you need any resources, Elimination of Hurry, it's a great read if you don't have time for this stuff. Uh, there's links to David's classes. We will put on the show notes if you want to listen to or watch his classes he's given on evangelism for those different topics. And again, if you have any questions or you feel like you can't do this and you need help knowing how, please, please, please reach out because we are always here to, to help you grow uh, together in that way. Amen. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if, you, if you've been blessed and encouraged by what you've heard, share it with a friend. And uh, we love you guys so much. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.